When you think of debating, a lot of styles, a lot of formats, and a lot of situations might come to mind. Um, you might be thinking of anything ranging from court of law debates and the parliament and AOC ripping somebody to shreds. You might be thinking about an argument at the dinner table or somebody posting something problematic on Facebook. You might be thinking of university debaters who talk at a million miles per minute. And all of these things are debate. And they're all very, very different, but they have a couple of things in common. I think what they have in common is the same types of skills and the same types of critical thinking that are needed to approach a common issue where people disagree, whether because they're told to disagree or because they actually disagree, and they're trying to convince each other or other people in the room so that we can have a better understanding of critical issues in our world, the topics of the day, how we can improve the world around us, help other people, how we can learn more about the world. And that I think is something that's really important and something rewarding to learn about and to learn about how to do. Enter this podcast. Exactly. So whether you want to win an argument, say, at a dinner table or even an online argument on Facebook or Twitter or at your first competitive tournament, we have everything you need to know on this podcast. So welcome, everyone, to the Debate 101 series of This House Would, a podcast on all things debate related. I'm Nicole Chu. And I'm Noah Pino. So on this podcast, we're going to be investigating a lot of topics around how to actually do debating and how to learn this skill and learn this game. A lot of this will be focusing on uh, structured competitive debates involving speeches, assigned sides, assigned topics. And that's mostly what we're familiar with and what we'll be talking about. But I encourage anybody who's not familiar with those formats yet, or maybe just enjoys the other series and wants to learn more about debate to still give it a listen. We're going to be talking a lot about how these skills transfer. So a lot of the skills you use in debate, you'll also find crossing over into things like school, things like just being able to have intelligent discussions at dinner, all of these things. So um, we'll talk a bit about what our version of debate is then, um, about what our specific series is. But I want to start by asking Nicole a little bit about her background and where she's coming from about her perspective on debate. Great, thanks. So I originally came from Vancouver, Canada, but I moved to London, UK for university. So I studied a law degree at King's College London, and I recently graduated during this COVID pandemic, which was a little crazy, but nonetheless, I am done. Uh, I used to debate competitively, both on the national and international level when I was back in high school. And I also did a bit of coaching here and there. Um, I acted as the debate captain of our school's debate club as well. So these are a couple of my debate experiences. So I'll try throughout this podcast to incorporate a bit of legal knowledge, some legal, legal tips here and there as well as my debate knowledge. So Noah, I also heard that uh, you used to coach debate as well and also uh, debate competitively. Yeah. So I've been debating for far too long. I've competitively debated for, you guys can't see this, but like our producer is looking at me and I said, I've been debating too long and she just like nods her head. Um, but yeah, I've been debating for 10 years. Um, debate experience is good, though. Like, you want more experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great for you guys because you guys get to hear what I've learned and what I can teach you. It's not great for me because I need to move on and get a life. But here I am having a great time. <laughs> I just spent the cold 90 minutes ago. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, so 10 years. I have 10 years of experience in competitive debating. So I started at the ripe age of 11 and I did debate all throughout junior high and high school. 
I did it for four years in university. Um, I'm still in my fifth year at university at the University of Toronto, but I'm going to be focusing more on judging and also some of my coaching work that I do with local high schools. Um, I mean, I just don't know if I'm going to get any better in my 11th year of debate. So I kind of decided like, you know, focus on school, get good grades for once. And I, you know, it's really rewarding. I've had a great time, met lots of really fun friends. And most of all, I've learned really useful skills that I still find myself using in everyday life, being able to talk to people and have smart discussions, being able to read the news critically, stuff like that. So I have a really strong appreciation for debate and I'd love to help all of you listeners learn as much more as you can. Great. Like that sounds amazing. Like you sound like you have a lot of debate experience. So what exactly is the difference between competitive debating that we've been talking about and more along the lines of like generic debate where people just like argue on Twitter? What's the difference? Um, So honestly, the biggest difference is just the structure and I guess rigidity. That sounds like... um, something that isn't fun, but it actually makes it more fun. It makes it more like a game. And that is the difference is that it's a game that you're playing instead of just something that you're arguing because you personally are super invested in it or in that particular topic. So most competitive debating, um, there's a ton of different formats, but they're all kind of the same basic idea, which is there are two sides. One is proposition, also sometimes called the government side. The other is called opposition. And they will dispute over a central idea or argument called a motion or sometimes a resolution. So exactly. So some sample motions would be, for instance, uh, this house would legalize marijuana or this house would lower the voting age to 16, for instance. So these are some common topics that we debate about. Yeah, they're basically um, similar to a thesis. So the same as what your main argument would be for like a paper or if you're reading like an op-ed in a really interesting newspaper. It's the same kind of idea is there's a core claim that is being made and the debate is disputing the claim. So whether it's true or not a true claim or sometimes if it's a good idea to do that action or not a good idea, but always something specific, always something with strict sides, no middle guarding allowed. You have to pick one camp. You're not allowed to have nuance. That's a lie. You can have lots of nuance and we'll teach you on this podcast. You see that? That's gold. A little bit later, though. (laughs) Yeah, no nuance for today, guys. Sorry if you were looking for that. But yeah, you get to basically meet a lot of fun people and debate topics you don't know about a lot. That's another really fun thing about competitive debate is you often will debate things that you have little to no knowledge on and little to no time to prepare And that's a big difference from other debate that we normally think of because we think of debate as super, super prepared and always things that are in some way relevant to you, either because it's something that like, I don't know, maybe you were assigned as a topic in school or it's your job and you have to do something related to that for your job or even just something you care a lot about. Sometimes I have to debate about sports and I lament it, but it is good for learning to talk about things I don't know about, right? So it's all part of the fun is learning about topics that you otherwise would never learn either in school or because it's outside of what you normally consume. Yeah. So on that note, how exactly do you enter the competitive field of debate, though? Like, do you start in high school? Can you start in university? How does it work? So I compete at a university right now. I actually started all the way back in my public school in junior high. I have this week alone taught two eight-year-olds debate online over Zoom. They're very cute. Ooh, I just how is that? Them, was it fun? 
Well, they had a lot of opinions about um, banning zoos. I listened to one girl talk for six minutes about why her mom was allergic to cats and we should have zoos so that her mom can see cats without having to have a Claritin every day. But you know what? Part of the learning. <laughs> we start them young. <laughs> but you could start so, so early now. Um, it's a great opportunity to... I mean, I'm guessing that we don't have eight-year-olds listening to this podcast. Um, if you do, just make sure you have parental permission assigned to us. But um, we... Yeah, we start early. We I coach very early. I coach as early as grade six. And usually you'll find it at your own school. Your school might not have one already. There might be um, organizations that are kind of parallel to the school system, like a debating academy. And a lot of major universities also have some kind of debating team, whether it's for British Parliamentary or whether it's for Lincoln Douglas. Um, I don't know anything about that format, except there, that it's bad. So <laughs> Wait, hold up, hold up. Lincoln Douglas, British Parliamentary. What exactly is that? Um, so great question. There are a lot of different ways or rules that you can basically set to the game that is debate um, that are more specific than just two sides against um, each other on one topic. So there's a lot of different formats that um, I myself have done and that exist in competitive circuits. One very common format for Canada is Canadian parliamentary. And another format that's getting a lot of popularity is British parliamentary. But there's still lots more that are done around the world. There's even Asian parliamentary that is becoming very popular now that tournaments are online and my friends can do those tournaments. But all that they are are different variations of the same kind of competitive game. So Canadian parliamentary is it's one team versus one team, two speakers on each team. So four people total. And they will just debate over the topic like that. British parliamentary is really interesting and really fun, although a bit challenging, but they add two extra teams, one on each side. So what that means is that there's two government teams and two opposition teams, and they're competing against each other. Um, so it's like one team versus one team versus one team versus one team. It's very fun. It gets very competitive. That's the format that Worlds is in for university. And it's actually becoming increasingly popular in the high school scene especially because university tournaments, they love to set their tournaments in British parliamentary format. So it's, yeah, it's super fun. It's a great opportunity to learn from twice as many speakers who might know about a topic you don't, might have debate skills that you don't have yet. And also it's great because you only need half the judges. So you can have larger panels um, so that means you can have more judges who can give you feedback or reach an accurate decision. But if you're just trying to start out your own club at school, it's also great because now you only need like one teacher to judge eight people for a debate. And you can have all of the people that want to debate actually debating that week. What would you say is your favorite style, though? It sounds like you're quite passionate about bridge parliamentary. No, you're wrong. I hate BP. <laughs> really? No, oh. I'm kidding. Okay, BP I like is, BP, actually. <laughs> BP is my favorite. So I've only tried Canadian parliamentary and BP. So that's kind of my sample here. But I love British Parliamentary. I think it's so fun because it really adds the strategy to the game and takes it out of just knowing how to argue, knowing about the topic. And all of a sudden you have to think about how do you beat not just one team, but three other teams. It definitely elevates the intensity. It makes it very competitive and very stressful, but also very fun and very rewarding. And I also feel like you learn a lot more, too, because there's so many people throwing out so many different arguments and taking it down. Right. So I feel like just generally it becomes a lot more robust than Canadian parliamentary. Oh, yeah, for sure. And actually something that you'll find um, 
if you're somebody who's looking, thinking about starting BP um, at your school or somebody who is maybe not sure if they're interested in doing BP at their university or whatever, I really encourage you to try it out because the fun thing about British parliamentary is that because you have eight speakers instead of four, naturally the topics that you choose have to be deep enough and have enough things to be talked about that it can't just be taken by the first four people. So the kinds of motions and topics you talk about in British parliamentary, um, you can often see a lot more depth. You can see a lot more room to bring in outside knowledge or a different opinion, uh, which is awesome. Great. I think that's enough for now for um, British parliamentary because we have another episode coming up that will be specifically focused on British parliamentary, especially like the techniques and the strategies that can be used. So stay tuned if you want to learn more about this style. Anyways, thank you for joining us for the first episode of the Debate 101 series. Stay tuned for more on This House Wood. Please follow our podcast and our Instagram at THW Debate Podcast. Thank you.